Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. Early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. She told them that he had said these things to her. It's good to be here this year. Last year on Tuesday of Holy Week, I got COVID. So I said to Pastor Tony, it's all you, baby. And he did a great job, but it's great to be in person. And if you're watching online, we're glad to have you with us as well. Our story today started with this, these words. While it was still dark. While it was still dark dark. I mean, unless you're a teenager in the summertime, chances are you've seen those moments before the light rises in the morning. You've seen those those brief moments in between where night starts to transition into day. I was up early this morning for our sunrise service on Q's stupid idea. Good leadership, yeah, yeah. But I have to admit, it was 
pretty cool to be talking about the light that's come into the world and the resurrection as the light actually comes into the world. While it was still dark, for whatever reason, Mary went to the tomb. I don't know if she couldn't sleep. I don't know if she was worried about running into people. What was it like that, that, that she decided she's going to go to the tomb while it was still dark to do what she needed to do to anoint the body while it was still dark? See, for three years, she and the disciples dedicated themselves to following this guy. For three years, it seemed different. Something was different than, than it had been in the past. It was like he was shaping something along the way. He told some great stories, asked a lot of great questions. He, he lifted up people and valued people who before had no value. He'd cured people, walked on water. He even raised a guy from the dead. It seemed like for once, love was winning it's like Jesus was shaping something new and they could see it. And the one who said, I am the light of the world, was light went out. And it was back to chaos and it's still dark. I'm going to guess you know what that darkness looks like, literally or metaphorically. I know I do. I I remember many years ago when I got divorced and I remember the first nights in a new apartment that I didn't want to be in and I remember it was the first time in their lives that I wasn't with my two boys and those nights went on forever and I would get up, couldn't sleep and I would sit in the stairwell for whatever reason in the dark and it was like the walls couldn't be closing in anymore the darkest period of my life. Maybe for you, it was a pink slip you got at one point that you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden, life that you had planned now looks differently, and you have to adjust. Or maybe it's waiting for those test results that seem to take forever. What is it that they have to look at? And you just wait, and it's this period of darkness while it's still dark. Desmond Tutu has this great quote. He says, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. So after Mary announced to the disciples the body wasn't in the tomb, we get this bizarre scene of Peter and the other disciple. And you can tell that the other disciple is the gospel writer himself, John, because he's, he's got such an ego and he says, he calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> and then, according to his own writing, he points out that he outran Peter to the tomb. I got there first. But I didn't go in. And then Peter goes in and they, they witness the scene. The body's not there. And then they head back and they leave Mary there alone. So I want you now to picture Mary. I want you to picture her. The story tells us she's been crying for a long time. She's got red, red eyes. You can just picture 
her face puffy from all of the tears, this cocktail of emotions that she's been experiencing, grief, depression, frustration, anger, probably all mixed together. She's there alone. So let's do this. Let's give her company. You go with her. And not only just you, I want you to picture someone right now who needs to be a part of this scene, someone whose life right now is in a state of darkness. So put them there too. So we have Mary, yourself, and whoever it is that you are picturing right now, and you're going to the tomb. And we see now that Mary leans into the tomb and she sees, now this, this is a bizarre thing because she doesn't even acknowledge the fact that she now sees two angels, right? Two angels, one at the head and one at the feet. And they ask her, woman, why are you crying? And without saying anything like, wait a minute, you are angels, she just answers the question. She, she doesn't recognize who they are or the fact that they're even there. She just simply answers the question. And when I thought about that, I thought this. When you're in a state of grief like that, what's obvious isn't always obvious, right? What's obvious isn't always obvious. You can miss things that are right in front of you when you're in that state of mind. I can testify to this. We've had several funerals here at Peace just in the past month. Some people that we really loved and held dear. People that meant a lot to this congregation, all different ages and, and, and demographic, but three people that really meant a lot to the people in their lives. And I can remember at each one talking to someone at that funeral, and I was there in front of them, but it was like they were looking right through me. I'm going to guess you know what that feels like or you've seen that. Sometimes when we're in that state, we don't recognize the obvious right in front of us. And so then Mary, after she answers the question, woman, why are you weeping? She turns around. So let's turn around with her, you and whoever you're with. Turn around with Mary and we see right in front of us Jesus, but we don't know that it's Jesus. Again, we're not recognizing things at this point. And Jesus asks the same question. Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? <laughs> it's a great question. And if you're like me, you, you picture Jesus at this point because she doesn't recognize who it, who it is. And I, I think of uh, It's a Wonderful Life and George Bailey saying to his wife, Mary, don't you know me? Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but then, the best line of the whole gospel, she supposes him to be the gardener. Do you get it? This is John's version of going wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Do you get it? Hopefully a little red flag goes ding because all throughout John's gospel, 
John has been telling us that there's, there's a new creation that's being formed and it happens through this guy. There's a brand new creation and John uses for his outline for the gospel, the book of Genesis. And Genesis opens with what line? Good, you're way better than the last service. <laughs> In the beginning! The same, same passage that John opens with is what Genesis opens with. In the beginning. But John takes it a step further. Was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. All throughout John's gospel, John is referring back to Genesis, pointing out that it's a new day, a new creation. Our reading for today started with this line. On the first day of the week. So it's really technically the eighth day. All throughout John's gospel, he's been pointing out what day is what. And so this is the eighth day, a brand new creation. And Pilate, when Pilate presented Jesus to the crowd, Pilate said these words, here is the man. Same line God said when God created Adam. And now Jesus is thought to be the gardener. Back in the garden, this is the new Adam shaping a brand new earth. All of creation, brand new. So Mary still doesn't recognize who this is until he says one word to her. Calls her by name. Mary. Mary. So picture now you and whoever you're with. And picture Jesus turning to you and saying, Brian, Bruce, Minda. Picture that. And all of a sudden you have this awareness that resurrection has changed everything. That no matter how long the darkness lasts, the sun will rise. No matter how long that night is, the sun, S-O-N, will rise. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, but I'm not done. <laughs> no matter how long that darkness lasts, the sun will rise. So let me announce one more thing, and then I'll wrap up. Easter is today, obviously. We celebrate it. We're acknowledging it. But Easter doesn't take place here. I mean, we have lilies, we have some great music. We have all of you here, which we're thrilled, but Easter isn't here. It's not gonna happen later when you're around the dinner table with whoever you're gonna have dinner with today and celebrate. It doesn't happen there either. Easter happens in places where it's still dark. Easter happens at nursing homes where you, you sit in a wheelchair and perhaps you're watching one after another of your friends or loved ones pass on to the next life. Easter happens in crack houses where this addiction seems to take life after life after life. Easter happens in that relationship that's ended and someone finally has the courage to say to you, she's not coming back. And Easter happens at the funeral home when you walk into that room and you see your loved one in the casket and all of a sudden reality hits you like a ton of bricks. See, Easter only happens in places where it's still dark and the hope of today and the promise that we have is that no matter how long that night lasts, the sun will 
rise. Amen.